Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. In this sermon, Pastor Greg Scalzo has begun the section on the New Testament office of the prophet with the scriptural basis in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets. Before we go back to the sermon, I want to give you our church's website address for serious Bible study. It is www.shiarjashub.org and you can look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 3 for the spelling. When we ended off last time, Pastor Greg was making the point that the prophetic books of the Bible and the Bible itself is complete with the book of Revelation. Nothing can be added to it. It is the canon for the church. He then raised the question of why then there is this office of the prophet and the gift of prophecy given by God to the church, which Paul speaks about in this letter to the Corinthians. So let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo. So what is the purpose? Why does Paul say, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied? But for church edification. That's the purpose, for church edification. We still need, remember how the old prophets exhorted the people. We still need to hear from the Lord for specific guidance. We still need from time to time to be warned, to be rebuked. We still need to be corrected if we go off course. And you think how often in church history, how with tangents the church has gone on, and wouldn't it be nice if there was a prophet like Elijah who would stand up to the kings in the church and proclaim the word of God to get the church back on track. We still need to be corrected, and we still need encouragement in dark times. Maybe this would be a good point at which to emphasize the distinction between the gift of prophecy, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, when Paul gives a list of the gifts, he says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. And he's speaking about the different gifts given, the diversities of gifts, verse 4, by the same Spirit. But then what we read earlier, uh, down in verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets. There is the gift of prophecy, and then there is the office of the prophet in the New Testament. Obviously, the one that's in the office of the prophet must have the gift of prophecy, right? That's clear. But it's more, the office of the prophet is more than just having the gift of prophecy. There is a responsibility there is a maturity to the office of the prophet, understanding the holiness of handling God's message, having a commitment to his truth, having a zeal for the church, 
having a zeal for the importance of church purity, of church edification, of the church doing that which is right, having a clear understanding of the dangers of false teaching, a desire for God to use the individual to speak forth his word to keep the church, the church on that straight path. And there's a pledge of the men and the women of God in that office uh, to be fully in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, to know his word, to know his scriptures, to keep his commands that they may hear his voice clearly and uncompromised. It's not just a gift of receiving a prophecy. There is the office of the prophet, someone that has a responsibility to the message that God is giving that's brought forth for the church. Concerning the gift, in the last days, I believe that the gift of prophecy uh, will be an important gift in the church. And Paul says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues even more so. He says, I wish that you all prophesied, that for your personal selves, you would have this gift, right? How many times we need to hear a word from God to get direction on what to do? Now, it might not impact the whole church. It might just be our own personal lives. But the gift of prophecy, like the gift of tongues, can be important to us as individuals, and especially as you approach dark times, as you approach the last days. And I think the, the scriptures bear me out. It shall come to pass in the last days, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, God says, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall... Prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So that gift of prophecy is extremely important in the church, especially as you go towards the last day. Important for the believer, important for individuals, important for your families important for the church as a whole. And that gift is available, I believe, to believers. Sometimes it may be temporary. You may receive something you know, only a few times in your lives. Um, some might receive it more often as the Spirit determines. But as a ministry office in the church, only some believers are called to that ministry office of the prophet. First apostles, then prophets. Those who have a special responsibility and care in the church to make sure that what is proclaimed is clearly the word of God and they know that they it's not just a word they get, it's a word they know they have to speak out for the church body to hear. Okay, there's the gift of prophecy and it's still around and there's the office of the prophet and it's still around. What we'll do uh, as we go into the study, go along in the study, we'll do what we did with the apostles. We want to take a look at New Testament examples of prophecy and the prophet. Let's look in Luke chapter 1 and verse um, 67. You know the background. Zacharias. Zacharias is a priest. He's of the division of Abijah. He's a descendant of Aaron, the division of Abijah. He, as the other priest, descendants of Aaron, has a certain time that he serves at the, uh, at the temple. 
he receives uh, the announcement of John's birth. Uh, he doubts for a moment and he struts that he can't speak. Uh, John the Baptist is born. This is the father of John the Baptist. They have the circumcision. He confirms, he writes down that the child's name shall be John and immediately his mouth is opened and he praises God. And all the people that see it at the circumcision of John are afraid uh, that this elderly man now who has had this child is now praising God. He had been struck dumb. And then we have the prophecy. So the words that come out of his mouth are a tremendous prophecy and tell us a lot about prophecy. In verse 67 of Luke chapter 1, now his father, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit brings forth the word. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring, or literally the dawn, from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit. First thing that comes out is a praise, right? Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. There's a praise to God. There's giving glory to God. And you notice that in the Old Testament prophecies, that God is glorified. God is lifted up. And why is this so important? Because there are those false prophets who have gone out and have led astray many people, have even been responsible for cults coming about, quasi-Christian groups, because someone has said such and such and such and such, and if they knew the foundation, if people knew the foundation of prophecy in the Bible, they never could have gone off on such a path. Right? Prophecy will give glory to God, will praise God, will put God as the center and the source. So if someone says they're speaking a word of God to embrace every different sin possible, opposite from what the scriptures say, that's not glorifying God. That's not praising God. That's not placing the God of the Bible as first and foremost. It might be a prophecy, but it's not coming from God. It's coming from the father of lies. God will always be glorified. He gives praise to God. He has visited his people and redeemed his people. And he'll speak about redemption. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. 
to save us from our enemies, the promise to our fathers, to give knowledge of salvation, the remission of sins, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. When you say his servant David, if you know the Old Testament scriptures, the salvation that comes from David's house is the Messiah. And prophecy will always point, will always praise God, and will always point or fulfill or give glory to or give the center of the focus to Jesus Christ, to Messiah, the servant of God, the holy servant of God, the one who is Lord. He says, you will go before the face of the Lord. John the Baptist walked before the face of Jesus. He is the servant, the suffering servant. He is God Almighty, Son of God, Son of Man, and prophecy points to and testifies to him. So if you have prophecy that testifies to someone else whose words supersedes the words of Jesus Christ, again, that's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of error. It's the spirit of lies of the devil. You can write to us at Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Or you can drop us an email. Our address is mailbox at shiar-jashub.org. Please join Pastor Greg Scalzo, author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, next time on Shi'ar Jashub.